I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them Hello talk. and so welcome to JK Plus One, a special edition. I am not your host, PTF, but uh, you can actually see that now. I don't uh, have the beard or the hat. I have a hat, but that's just because my hair needed a break after a long weekend. Uh, I'm so happy to have uh, a good friend of mine. Um, some might call him an enemy after what he did to me this weekend, but, uh, but I still consider him a dear friend, uh, my friend Marshall Graham. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's great great to be part of the winning Quinella uh, at the BCBC. Sorry, I had to catch you right into the wire. Don't say I didn't warn you. I sent you a text message right after the distaff said, uh, telling you not to look back. I'm coming. I'm, I'm, I'm in full stride and going to go after you to the wire. No, absolutely. And and for those of you who uh, aren't familiar, uh, the Breeders' Cup betting challenge took place this weekend. Uh, it's a live money betting contest, $10,000 buy-in, $7,500 bankroll. You bet with that. And then you have uh, 2500 goes into the middle for the prize pool. Uh, the important thing to note about it is there's a little bit some rules. Um, on Friday, you were required to bet three of the five Breeders' Cup races. On Saturday, you were required to bet seven of the nine, $600 on at least on those. You can bet as much as you want at any time, and you'll find out that Marshall and I uh, made sure we did that a few times along the line. But a fun contest. Uh, I kind of said in, in a quote today, I thought I, I consider this kind of the master's of the uh, handicapping contests it's it uh, there might be other majors the nhc and 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 belmont challenge and some of these other events that have big dollar amounts on them um but for whatever reason this one just feels different and i think it's probably how the masters is with augusta yeah i mean i think the same way i think this and the nhc are the two big tournaments um and they're very different and they're they're both very hard to win and you know it was, it was great to be in position to take that shot at the end um to go for and so i'm very proud to have won it and uh um uh you know it's very exciting it uh uh you know it certainly gives me like a, a stamp as far as uh you know the handicapping uh my handicapping chops and you know when we talk about it as horse players a lot of uh, a lot of being a horse player is the the satisfaction of you know, hitting a wager, hitting a pick six or, or, or making the right call, but it's sort of not in the code to, to brag about your big scores. And so this is a real opportunity for horse players to get to sort of compete with one another to, to see who's the best on any given day. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was glad uh, I was glad I came out on top and we were one, too. Now, you've played in quite a few. I think I've played in every BCBC since 2014. And I am fairly certain I have never left with a dollar. I mean, maybe like a dollar on accidents. I didn't feel like going to get it, but I have never done well in this contest. I've always been in position at times. I've made some swings, but I've never done well. Have, have you had a good BCBC finish before? I had. I had a good BCBC in 2018. So at Churchill, um, I keyed Gunavera underneath and hit a $400 exacta to sort of catapult me out of nowhere to finish fifth in that tournament. And so, uh, um, and so it was, a, that was a big day. I, I uh, um, had uh, got, had $52,000 in bankroll, got another $60,000 in prize money. So that was a, that was a nice score. So, um, but uh, I played three other times uh, um, often left with zero. And that's, I think the tricky thing about playing this tournament is you sort of, you know, you're playing this tournament and you want to be 
betting on your own. And I had this experience and I first played the BCBC. I played it in 2015. I think it was 2015 at Keeneland. And I had a great day handicapping wise. Um, I went all in on run happy. I had about $10,000 going into the classic. Um, and I thought Pharaoh would win and I wanted to win the BCBC. So I, I you know, focused on exactus and tries knowing Pharaoh uh, himself wouldn't get it done. I did not have FNX. I left with zero. I had done no side betting. And so I did that long drive from Lexington to Memphis the next morning thinking, you know, what the hell happened? I had a great weekend of handicapping and came back with zero. So it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing. You almost have to treat it like funny money. You have to do side betting of your own. Uh, um, you know, if, if uh, my exacta doesn't come in, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I still had a good weekend for a weekend where my opinions were often right. Now uh, I'm going to kind of indirectly compliment myself a little bit while I compliment you, but I think it's pretty impressive uh, in this game of, of, of handicapping contest that you've actually made a final table and won a BCBC. I'm, trying to think if someone else has did i don't i don't know if anyone else has ever won the bcbc and made a final table i mean i probably should have looked that up but i don't think i think you might be the only one huh i i don't know i remember the year that i made the when i finished fifth in the bcbc then three months later i finished ninth in the nhc and i thought well that's you know i wonder how many people have done that in the same year and then i looked up and there was another guy who also <laughs> did, did the same thing so there um, you go well, yeah, I don't know. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the BCBC is a tournament that I could win. Uh, the NHC, I, you know, I just luck went my way that, that, that week, that weekend. So. Now, I guess um, we can, we can, we'll probably have more of these kind of anecdotes come up along the way. So let's just kind of start talking a little bit about this weekend itself. Did you have a plan of what you were going to do and did any of that change along the way? Did you have that one, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to get into a position where I can do this and then maybe I can do that. Or did you just kind of let it flow and you went when you, you, you just kind of went with the flow as it was going? No, I had a plan. I mean, I, I, um, my goal was to get to the classic in a position to bet some weighted version of the exacta box that included authentic, improbable and Tom's data. Um, the less money I had, the more my focus would be on authentic and so, but I, I feel like if I got to the classic, I wanted to do an exacta box with those three horses heavily weighted towards authentic. If I had even more money, I would have thrown Tis the Law in underneath, but I really felt it was a three or four horse race. And I thought authentic would get a, um, a, great, a great trip, might get loose on the lead and be hard to run down. And so I felt very confident he'd finish first or second. So I wanted to get to that point. I wanted to have money to get to that point. I also knew I was gonna go all in on Monomoy Girl. And initially, when I was thinking about the tournament, I, I thought about, you know, I bought two entries. So I had $7,500 bankroll on each entry. I thought about just punting my way to Monomoy Girl. And what I mean by that is just betting $600 to show, meeting my minimums, uh, and, and going all the way to Monomoy Girl, then doubling my money and betting that into the classic. Um, I ended up deciding not to do that. Um, and I, I crafted a couple of horses that I wanted to target um, uh, and, and give myself a little bit more flexibility. So I looked at potentially Vequist, uh, Vequist, um, Nick's go and Yalpon is, is three horses that I might, you know, bet, you know, 2,500 on, you know, depending on my bankroll at that point or a third of one of my tickets, um, uh, to get me, you know, to give me a little bit more wiggle room, uh, if, uh, to allow me a little bit more flexibility to try to score out earlier. But I knew, 
I knew where I wanted to be. I knew the classic was the race where I wanted to make my big stand. Um, and I knew I was going to go all in a Monmore girl. So those two things um, uh, are, are what I knew I would do. And, and the reality is, um, you know, I got to Monomore girl with about as much as I would have had if I just punted my way through and, and, you know, I, I sort of stuck on strategy and, uh, and it worked out. Yeah. It's funny. Cause, uh, I had, I had a plan. Um, it's different, but it, 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 uh, mine kind of did change a little bit. I, my, on Friday, my plan was to bet, uh, the three favorites that I liked just to win. If two of them won, if one of them won, whatever it was, it wasn't going to make me feel too dirty. I'd be okay. I'd wake up the next morning with 7,500 on each. And then here we go. Um, I did know that Monomoy Girl was going to be a big lean for me. I never predicted that I would have 40,000 at that point. But when mm. the leaderboard, when I woke up Saturday, I think the leader had like 130 or something. And so I realized that I kind of had to change my plan a little bit and needed more money when I got to Monomoy Girl. So we'll talk about what we did on Friday. But the biggest change in my strategy was – is I went all in early with the doubles, with the turf sprint into Nick's go and complexity pressing Nick's go. And I did that because I knew that if I wanted to catch the person at 130 or whatever it was, I needed to get a bigger bankroll to bet on a Monomoy girl. So then I could execute my end game, which was to try to do a safe uh, double Dutch situation, weighted doubles. You said weighted exacta. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I was doing weighted doubles, trying to get alive to, uh, you know, 130, 140, 150, whatever it was going to be. So my, my plan kind of stayed intact to a certain extent. Um, although well, let's jump into the first race that I bet on Friday. I think it's the first race you bet as well, mm-hmm. where my plan was to bet $600 and went on golden pal to win. I, I felt like the horse is a very likely winner. Um, I understand your play with punting, but I was, I was just going to try to pick up some pieces there. Um, but I guess maybe I had an adult beverage already in the day and I started feeling a little bit more courageous and I bet a thousand to win on golden pal. And, and you just bet golden pal to, uh, to show, right? No, I just, I just punted here. I ended up betting golden pal. I keyed him in all my, you know, I just singled him in my pick fives and pick sixes and everything involved. And so I was like, let's just keep the money. Uh, you know, if he, he gets nipped at the wires, you know, has that wide trip. I just wanted to, um, you know, I just I just wanted to move the ball and, and get rid of one of my three minimums going in. All right. So I think we, we got this nice little thing set up. We're going to be able to watch the juvenile All turf right. sprint here. Uh, there's a point in this race, uh, you know, and I played a big pick five as well this day. You talk about playing outside the contest. Mm-hmm. You see Golden Powell here to the outside. The 14 uh, takes the lead in about three jumps. I love this view, by the way. And right about here, I think the whole place that's, that singled Golden Powell started screaming, Irad, what are you doing? Yeah, I couldn't tell what happened. So I was watching, there were two feeds. There was the players feed and there was the NBC feed. And, you know, one of my TVs is faster than the other. And so I was watching the pan view the whole time and never got the overhead view. And I couldn't tell what happened. And, you know, in some ways it looked, I almost thought he was getting pulled up or something. And so, uh, you know, I was very worried. Effectively, he ran two races as a result, right? He made that lead, pulled back, made the lead again. Then they came after him. And so, uh, um, you know, I don't think I was worried too much to show, but, uh, you know, certainly with them coming in, you know, them coming after him late, um, I was worried about, uh, you know, all the pick fives and pick sixes that all ran through him. Yeah, me too. I, I, I think at a certain point it started to feel good. And for whatever reason, the way that I operate, when I see the ball go through the hoop, it just, I just feel better. I take a deep breath. I start playing with a little bit more confidence the rest of the way. And I know that it seems silly that someone might think that that Golden Pal, that thousand to win on Golden Pal helped me play better. But 
it really kind of does. I, 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 I do well in those situations. Um, how good of a horse do you think he really is? I, you know, again, this is not a division I have any feel for. Um, it's not a division that, at least domestically, you know, it's not really rewarded. To be a good turf sprinter is is not. Uh, there's not. Uh, there's not a lot of money for them. There's not a lot of Grade One races, and so you know, I'm very curious to see what they do with him down the road. I'm very curious to see if he's able to sort of go on or just a you know sort of a freak two year old turf sprinter. I don't have any clue. I have, I have no. I have no feel for it. Um, have no feel for what they might do. Um, you know, I, I think easily he's lengths the most talented in this race, but it's right. it's an unusual race. I mean, these are, um, I thought it was a strange addition to the Breeders' Cup. I, I think it's, you know, they're doing it to increase Euro participation and increase Euro participation means increase Euro nom- nominations. Um, and so, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what was behind him. So that, that's my take on it. Did you now? I did not bet the juvenile turf. You didn't. You didn't either, right? Uh, I so I I took um, a new mandate and Cadillac. Uh, I I don't. Uh, you know, I decided in handicapping uh, in handicapping that um, that I was going to focus on. Um, I was going to focus on dirt races. I'm a much better handicapper at dirt races, and um, so I, I certainly looked over the turf races. But I I. Uh, you know, I called my uh, sources to find out what they thought. So I called Sean Borman. I called Pat Cummings to hear what he had to say about all the Euros. Uh, the one thing about not going to Keeneland is I was able to listen to all the great podcasts out there. I listened to Nick Luck. Um, I listened to the Matisse brothers on the Sport of Kings podcast. I listen, uh, you know, I, I, I bought the premium package. And so I let other people do the work on the turf for me. I'm, I'm not, look, I'm not afraid to, to use someone else's picks, right? And, and so uh, <laughs> I just don't, you know, I don't really have the first clue about it. It's crazy. I teach a basically a course on betting horses. And we've, as we move more towards turf racing, I find myself more and more lost. So Pat had pushed new mandate and Cadillac. They seem like the quality Euros. Um, I did a double from them into Bequest. My sort of plan for today, for the day, was I was going to bet about a third of my bankroll, about twenty five hundred to three grand on Bequest. Um, uh, earlier in the week, I thought I was going to go all in on Bequest. I, I backed down a little bit, uh, and so I was going to start it off by playing uh, three hundred dollar doubles, Cadillac New Mandate into Bequest. Uh, New Mandate was ranked the whole way around. Uh, Cadillac didn't get a great trip. And the maker horse won at 30 to one. Luckily, he was a B on my pick fives. Um, but, uh, um, but uh, you know, $600 down the drain, uh, no big deal. Uh, it, it, you know, like you say, getting the ball through the hoop, uh, I got a little bit nervous at that point. I thought, you know, at that point, I started to worry about my Bequist pick. I thought, you know, do I really, am I really that confident in Bequist? Um, is, is she... You know, am I really seeing something from a handicapping perspective or am I just a fanboy who had better in the spin away, who liked her because she was parks based Butch Reed. I had had a horse uh, uh, that was in that maiden race at parks where Bequist ran. And so, you know, I started to question myself about Bequist and I actually backed down my wager on Bequist. And instead of, you know, going a couple grand to win, I ended up playing a $600 double from Bequist to Aunt Pearl. And then I bet Vequist heavily in cash on the side. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd done the same thing a year ago where I thought I was going to go all in on British idiom and kind of chicken out and I chicken out again. And so as we get to the juvenile Phillies, I have a lot of cash on Vequist. 
uh, have a nice double with the Ant Pearl that will pay well. And uh, um, again, uh, the rail I think was was pretty good, and, and she drew inside. And um, you know, I was hoping she would uh, she would be overlooked in the betting because of finishing second um, in the Frisette. And and you know, I got six to one, so it was a good good number for cash betting. And and uh, in a six hundred dollar dollar double to Aunt Pearl, if I could hit that, it really opened things up. Yeah, well, watch the juvenile fillies here. This is a race where I I I, I thought that the rail was was uh actually not well i don't know if we have the juvenile fillies maybe we do we'll watch we'll watch out pearl first but aunt pearl was one that felt like this i kept talking about it all week it's like, it's like a newspaper of record remix the lope de vega the front running the fast um and she was unbelievable in this race were you nervous at any point did you i was standing with someone who said she's going too fast did you feel that way during the race well, I remember when she ran at Keeneland last, they did that first quarter in 22, and then, then she settled to 46. And so I was worried when she popped out of there. Um, but when she was loose at this point, when she was loose at this point, I started calculating, you know, I started thinking about that, you know, that big double-eyed cash because she was going so easily. And, um, and I thought, it, you know, and again, and maybe I was seeing things, I thought the turf uh, the turf there, you know, you, you have to be a little bit closer anyway. And I, and I thought it was playing that way. And, uh, she was just going so smoothly when they popped up 47, you know, I kicked back and, uh, um, you know, didn't even have to cheer that hard going home. I knew she was training great. Um, I knew they were very confident in her, you know, I was very worried, you know, I knew they were going to send. So they were, they made no bones about sending. And I, I thought initially maybe her best strategy would have been to, to sit right off Campanelle, but when Campanelle didn't go, you know, uh, they went, Flo went with authority and, uh, you know, it's over here, right? I mean, she's, um, you know, she's got this nice lead. And, and at this point, you know, you're just waiting for the wire to come. You know, I typically, you know, put my finger over those other horses behind her and start counting, you know, counting down when I see the 16th pole, uh, six, five, four, three, you know, and uh, hope no one comes. And, uh, and so at that point, you know, I cashed my double, uh, paid $17,340. I think it bolted me in the fifth place uh, with about 24 grand. And, you know, look, it was day one. I don't, I don't even look at the leaderboard really until the middle of day two. Um, you know, I knew 24 grand was a great place to be, but uh, you know, that money could disappear very quickly. But, you know, I, I felt here I was rolling. I can now play a lot looser. I can now take chances to try to make the big score. Right. And so um uh, you know, and so I was really pleased. I was I was nervous when Vequist won, and I only had it lined up to the Aunt Pearl double. Um, but uh, you know, Aunt Pearl really, you know, when she got open length lead at that point, I was like, you know, I did the right thing here. All is good. Before we watch uh, Vequist, I, I do want to say talk about what I did with Aunt Pearl, like an idiot, which which often happens to me in these contests. I start getting excited, I start having fun, and I was planning on just betting six hundred to win on her. 600 to win on Golden Pal. I bet a thousand went on Golden Pal. And then I suddenly started feeling myself and I bet a $600 double with Aunt Pearl into Jackie's Warrior instead of just betting, uh, instead of just betting Aunt Pearl to win, like I had initially decided I was going to that morning. So that was me misbehaving. But uh, Vequist, let's watch, let's watch the juvenile Phillies. Uh, this was the race where I felt like, I felt like the inside was good in on Friday. And this was the race that kind of confirmed it for me. Not that I didn't think that Vequis was good, but man, when she got down there on the inside, and I think you'll see it from this angle, it, she looked like she was going to be extremely tough to beat. 
Yeah, and it really helped that the one horse didn't break. And, and so, in a, in a, I knew they would show a little bit more speed. They had let Day out of the office get the jump on her last time. Um, and, you know, I knew she was training really well. And, you know, here she just settled behind horses. And, um, you know, I felt very good about her position at this point. I, you know, I had thought the rail was good. Um, you know, I don't know that the, the juvenile ran a little bit differently. And so, you know, maybe it wasn't as strong as I thought. But at this point, she's, she's just sitting this perfect trip. Uh, you know, the question was going to be, was it ever going to open up and was she going to be good enough? Uh, you know, with Joelle on there, I knew that she was going to get a great finish. And, um, you know, here she just she's just settling along. I felt right. really good about uh, really good about about her. Um, you know, Dan of the office, a nice filly had gotten to jump on her last time in the frisette. And so, you know, I was a little worried about catching her. Um, how, but how much I, of this opinion, Marshall, how much of this opinion was was were you anti Princess Noor? Um, I mean, that was a good part of it, um, but it was more pro Vquist. I just thought Vquist would be forgotten. I thought I would get six to eight to one because. You know, I, I feel like she fit in with these other big horses and that everyone was forgetting about her because she was second. And I thought her race was just as good as dad of the office. She just she just, you know, didn't get the jump on the field, but she came running hard at the end. And, you know, here the C's part. Right. Um, if you watch that, there's a helmet cam that uh, that they showed and it actually tightened up here and you can see Vquist and Joel go through that hole. And at this point, you know, I've, I've got I've got painters in my house and and. And there's there's people in my house doing other things. And I'm screaming and yelling for you know for for Joel to open up, get through that hole, and um, and so you know I was thrilled because I I I can't I I had a big cash bet down, but then I was kicking myself for I was like you know I did the same thing as it did a year ago with British Idiom that that you know here I had an opinion that I that 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 I felt very strongly about, and um, all I had was a six hundred dollar double. And, and much like you're saying uh, with Aunt Pearl to um, uh, uh, to Aunt Pearl to the juvenile to Jackie's Warrior for you, I was thinking, you know, here's my great opinion, and I've only got it if Aunt Pearl wins, and um, and so that was somewhat frustrating. I think it's it's easy to get in the trap in this contest of of not taking what they give you, right? I, I want you know six to one is nice. But I wanted to make it into something bigger, right? I want you know you want to try to you know get twenty or forty or sixty thousand back. You want to try to win the win the contest uh, by making a smaller bet, trying to be too precise. And uh, again, the good news for me is it worked out with the Aunt Pearl, and it, and it gave me room to open up. Um, and uh, and I had bet enough in cash that uh, it sort of solidified what was going to be a very good Friday for me. And and, and that's another thing is like I already mentioned it earlier. I've been very, I'd really struggled with my cash betting on top of the contest. Um, it's a very dangerous proposition. Um, I flew back last year from San Anita thinking, well, I lost both my entries in the contest and I got killed in cash. So I basically double my losses. Um, uh, and so it's something that you basically, you know, it's, it's something that, it, it, you know, it's very risky that way. But in this case, um, it allowed me sort of to re it was a big relief because it allowed me to um, um, take a lot of chances. And, and really, it, it allowed me to treat the BCBC like funny money because I had won so much with Bequist uh, and I had, had won so much over the course of Friday that I was already ahead on the BCBC no matter what. And, and I, I didn't have to think about it as, hey, this is the value of, uh, of buying a car. Right. You start right. thinking about that and you start. You start, I mean, I, I can't help but start shaking if you start thinking that way, right? And um, 
Yeah. For, for those that don't know, you're, you're an, an economics professor. So, um, being, being fiscally responsible is at least something that, that, uh, comes into your, to your head. I've heard you say it before that you struggle with the idea of, of throwing away $40,000 at the end of a contest, trying to win it. Uh, did that come into play for you at any, at any point, or did you feel pretty free at the, this year? I felt, I felt very free this year. Cause I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to win the thing. I already had my NHC seats and, um, and I had, such a good day in cash on Friday. I was going to be ahead regardless. Um, and I was in a good place of mind where I wasn't thinking about it. And I think that's key. I am a loss averter. And that, and that is a, a you know, I, I don't like to lose. And then when I get ahead, I tend to get really conservative. And so I, I think at least from a mental standpoint, um, I, I, I played well, but, um, uh, but, you know, I, I think that can, I think once you start thinking about the money and what it is, um, you know, I, I think that, that's that's part of the battle in this contest because a lot of people, you know, then they are playing to hit the board or they're playing to conserve their money. And especially if they get ahead, um, mm. they, can, they can they can be too conserved to ultimately win the contest. Now, did you have anything uh, like I said, I my only thing with the juveniles, I was alive to was alive to Jackie's warrior for uh, I think I was alive for 12 12,000 total, like, you know, between the two entries. So it was obviously would have been a nice pop if I would have got Jackie's warrior. Um, I didn't have essential quality anywhere, even on my pick fives. I, I was trying to beat that horse. Did you have anything going here or was that it for you for the day? So I was in on essential quality and, and reinvestment risk um, to beat Jackie's warrior. I, uh, I veered towards reinvestment risk because of the price. I was getting six to one versus three to one. I also thought he was going to get the rail trip. I was worried that essential quality was going to be stuck outside. I also, you know, essential qualities um, prep race was, so, you know, he ran really well, but um, everything went his way at the easiest trip. And so um, I went to reinvestment risk. I made, um, uh, I don't remember what it was, but something like a $1,500 win bet, um, and I, I, I boxed them in exactas. And so, but, but most of my play was through reinvestment risk. I was live in the pick five for $1.50 to, to all three of the big horses. And so, you know, that put me in a good, that put me in a good spot. Um, you know, I, I thought reinvestment risk, I, I kind of got nervous about reinvestment risk and just went ahead and said, forget it. I'm going to ride with Jackie's warrior. But I, I thought reinvestment risk was going to end up getting a good trip down on the inside. And you see here, it's kind of tossing his head, never really actually got to the rail at that point of the race. Um, eventually ends up down there uh, right here, yeah, but then kind of comes off of it. Yeah. I thought he was okay here. I did see the, 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 um, the, the, you know, the, the turning of his head and I thought he was okay here. You know, I thought my two horses were okay. I couldn't tell, you know, I, I couldn't tell how fast they were going up front. I, I did think it was unusual that Jackie's warrior wasn't on the lead. I didn't, I didn't anticipate that. I thought he was going to, um, you know, just sort of, uh, you know, bury those horses. And, and, it, and if he was going to be going too fast, it would be in front of those other horses. And so I didn't, I didn't have a sense whether they'd start coming back to us or not. I mean, uh, at what point did you realize you were in trouble? Um, right. Like almost here ish. Like he starts to kind of range up, but then I started thinking he's ranging up three wide. And then I saw the fractions and they were going 45. And at this point I started thinking, uh, good thing I got some money left over tomorrow. Uh, you know, I had $6,900 each on each entry. My, my goal was 7,500, um, when I woke up the next day at, at worst case scenario. So I wasn't too far off. 
you know, doing bad in this contest on Friday can really throw you for a tailspin. No, no, no you doubt. wake what? up on Saturday feeling like you got to, you know, shoot for the stars and, and, and it can mess you up. Yeah, it's such a weird race with this, the, um, the way they, I guess, were these juvenile races, they were running with a short stretch, right? Yep. And so, you know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And so I was focused on, a, on um, reinvestment risk and, and he was flattening out. I don't, you know, I've heard where he might be a one-turn horse. That could be the case. I only picked up the central quality late. Uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't even know who this horde, those horses were that were on the lead. I, I was, it was, I was just lost. And then a central quality got up and uh, um, again, it worked out for me in, in cash. It didn't help in the contest, but that my cash play just put me in a position where I could be very, very loose on um, Saturday. And I'm with you on Friday. It's just, you know, I, I, I wanted to push my money around on Friday, not, not really hurt myself. And, and that probably caused me to back up on Vequist. But the good piece of news is I got through with the double um, and uh, and I was sitting in a great spot. I was sitting in seventh after day one. And um, and so, uh, you know, I felt great about I felt great about Saturday because I had a plan for Saturday. But I would be allowed to mess around in the earlier races to try to to try to make a big score early and, and really um, and really win this thing. Now, um, there was a guy who jumped out. And, and, you know, had $130,000 after the first day. So I don't know, you know, at that point, I don't know that I was thinking so much. I thought, I, you know, you probably can't win with this person at 130. Um, but, uh, you know, I felt in a good position to, you know, to hit the board, finish top five, I, you know, uh, but, but yeah, there was. Well, I, the, think, I think what's important about that point is I, I felt the same way is, 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 is not because that, that you or I didn't believe that we would try to get to 130. I just felt like everyone else would start trying to get to 130 and then it would suddenly get to 200. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I want to say that early in the day at Del Mar, somebody hit that stormy liberal uh, exacta and like rocketed up and then people started coming and it just became like a, you know, when you have 400 people behind you, they, they, mathematically someone's going to likely catch you. And we'll talk about that uh, when we get to the last race about the idea of, of having to hit this last race in this contest to win it and whether or not that's a problem. Did you do anything on the undercard stuff on Saturday? Because uh, that was an important time for me. I didn't even see Nashville run because that's when I was on the phone with our friend, Sean Borman, when he convinced me to use glass slippers, but did you do anything early in the card? No, I thought, you know, I thought about doing a two dollars show bet on Nashville just so when people started to look, like look through the contest, they're like, "What is what is he looking for?" <laughs> so um, I did watch those races closely. You know, back to your other point before we go on, I, I thought um, I didn't think the other scores would bump up so much as I thought if the leader had one thirty, there's a good chance that he gets two hundred early in the day, right? Um, that you know he's probably got thirty of that money that he can just be really aggressive with, and so bets that we, we you know, our little six hundred dollar bets turn into five thousand dollar bets for him. And I had thought, I don't like. I'm, I'm curious to ask you, what did you th- did you come into this contest thinking a number that you, it would take to win? No, and I, and I don't ever do that. People always ask me, what do you think it's going to take to win the NHC? What do you think the cut line is going to be? All of those things, it they they were they they don't matter until the races start running. Um, you know, if if uh, a seventy-five to one shot wins, that obviously can start changing the equation. If a bunch of of, of, of favorites win, it changes the equation. I, I just try to what I've always tried to do is just play my opinions wherever they lay. You know, a couple of years ago, I went, I bet my entire bankroll, $16,000, whatever it was on newspaper of record. And then I went from there. 
Um, this is a situation where my, where my big play was later. I, I just want to be, I want to be in position to win it based on my opinion late. Mm-hmm. And I, and so the, you try to get your bankroll as big as you can. Cause I don't want to have to, I do not want to have to narrow my opinion to win it, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I'll, I'll, you know, authentic was not my top pick. So, um, I usually don't try to play that math game, but I, I leave the math to, to you and, and Eric Bilek. Well, you know, I, I thought this would be a, a high scoring tournament. So I, you know, I thought I would have to get to 200. I, I just felt like this is going to be one of those breeders cups where there were a lot of, there were a lot of sort of fundamental handicapping lessons on the card. Um, whether it be, uh, you know, I thought princess Nora would be one that, uh, was going to really open things up for horse players because she was going to take a lot of money. And I, I felt like most of the contest people were going to be against her. Um, I thought to some extent uh, there were going to be some interesting prices because of that in the classic. I thought the Gamine Ser- Serengeti Empress thing, um, the way that the sprint might've gotten bet. So I, th- I thought, I thought the numbers were going to be, be big. And obviously, you know, the, 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 um, the person who had 130 after day one and was, I think was in first and third. Right. I mean, that right. really opened things up. And at that point I thought, well, let's just have a good showing because I thought that money would grow. I didn't, I didn't think that we would be basically at one one thirty. you know, that would be sort of the, the, the number behind us at the end. So, right. So my first, I, did you bet the Philly mares? You didn't bet the Philly mares sprint, did you? I did. And I think what's interesting about this is we both had the conversation with our mutual friend, Sean Borman, and I had listened to the, the, the professional, the, the, the pro players pod, um, again, the one great thing about not going this year, I missed the camaraderie. I missed the, the celebration uh, that we would have had on uh, Saturday night. Uh, uh, we would have, uh, um, you know, closed down the bars. But uh, um, but I, I did spend a lot of time. I listened to all the podcasts. I talked to Sean. I talked to my friend Clay Sanders. And uh, Sean was so emphatic about his love for glass slippers that um, he talked me into it. Now, I got cute. I ended up... Uh, playing uh serengeti empress sconson and um sally's curlin a double into glass slippers i wanted to hit a home run i wanted to triple my you know the doubles the blended doubles i had would would pay twenty one thousand instead of if i bet the similar amount to win it would have paid seven thousand so i just got too cute I, i thought um you know, I thought Gamine was a little bit of a fraud and I thought either Serengeti Empress would cook her or that uh, one of the two closers would come in, not Bell's the one. And so um, I don't, I don't, ultimately, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and, and when Gamine ranged up and then pulled off by eight, I was like, well, you know, the public was right on this one. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, the unfortunate part is that, 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 that Sean's opinion was brilliant. And, and again, like I said, I, I was going to lean on my friends on these turf races and he could not have been more right. And, um, and I mean, he's an excellent handicapper and I, I didn't, I wasn't able to benefit from that. Even in my cash betting, I screwed that up. So I, I got too cute. Yeah. So uh, onto the turf sprint, that was, the, that was where at the, in the day, um, and we'll talk the, the, the Philly and Mayor turf. I didn't have a strong opinion. The mile, I didn't have a strong opinion. The sprint, I didn't have a strong opinion. And I realized if I wanted to get to that point where I could, go all in on Monomoy girl and then try to get alive without taking much risk late. I had to do something, had to do something here. And a lot of people might think it's sick to, to bet 13,000 or whatever is on a turf sprint. Cause they seem to be so random. They don't normally, they don't scare me as much. And so what I did here is I went all in using the three Imprimis, 
uh, the six glass slippers, Leinster, Oleksandra, and uh, Extravagant Kid, the 14, um, into um, mostly uh, Nick's go, but a little bit of of complexity. So, um, so did you come back and bet glass slippers here at all? I did not. So I, I ended up, I, I ended up not betting her. I ended up making blended doubles with basically the horses that you said. Um, but I did, you know, glass slippers was in my A group of those horses. I, I didn't use the fourteen into Pirates Punch. So again, getting trying to make a big score. Uh, you know, I'll talk about Pirates Punch as we get to the Dirt Mile. But uh, uh, I made blended doubles going towards Pirates Punch out of out of this race. These races are so nerve wracking. I, I believe Glass Slippers is down towards the inside. And the interesting part about Glass Slippers is, is that, you know, European horses do not do well in this race. And Sean Borman, who we've talked about a few times, a professional player in Lexington, found a way uh, with the help of Rob Dove, who you've heard Pete talk about as the top pro punters in the UK today, with the help of him made a figure for Glass Slippers last race. And that is why Sean liked the horse so much. He made a speed figure for this horse. And uh, and uh, I think I said it on the podcast yesterday. Um, I was on my way to uh, Jake Ballas's house and I was driving. I was going to drive through the Chick-fil-A uh, drive through and the line was too long. And so instead, I called Sean to talk to him on the rest of the way. If I wouldn't have if I would have got Chick-fil-A, I would have been eating chicken minis. I wouldn't have called Sean. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use glass slippers. I'd have been really upset. So uh, shout out to Sean for that one. So after this race, um was a race that I, I don't know how strongly you bet. We hadn't talked about it yet, but I wanted to do something with Nick's go in complexity, mm-hmm. but I didn't love the surrounding races. The Philly and mare turf was next. I didn't have a strong opinion, so I couldn't really do a lot of doubles there. I guess I could have double win bet, uh, maybe pressing up Nick's go a little bit, but I didn't feel like that had enough juice on it to get me where I wanted to go. Did you do anything in this race? So I love Nick's go. Um, uh, to lesser extent, I like War of Will uh, in part because of, you know, listening to like Paul Matisse on the, on one of the podcasts talked about, you know, him being a better dirt horse and getting back on dirt. If he improved off his three-year-old numbers, he'd be very tough. Um, and then I loved Pirate's Punch. And and I thought um, Pirate's Punch had uh, a, a bad ride at Oaklawn in the allowance race uh, on uh, Arkansas Derby Day came back and ran that Stephen Foster where it was an impossible race to begin with, but um, he made the lead, but they crawled, you know, they didn't use his natural speed. So he wasn't ridden to win. And so then he went to Monmouth and he, you know, Warriors charge won on the disqualification, but he was the better horse and we weren't beating that horse. And, um, you know, I thought if Warriors charge in good form were in the Breeders' Cup dirt mile, Warriors charge would be less than 10 to one. And, uh, and so I thought Pirates Punch was, uh, you know, was going to be 30 to 1, came back and won impressively at Monmouth again. I thought it was getting overlooked. He was fairly fast. And so I wanted to set up exactas with him and, uh, and uh, Nick's go in War of Will. So I had a $900 exacta, uh, a $900 exacta, Nick's go over um, Pirates Punch, 250 with War of Will on top. I, I flipped Pirates Punch back on top. I was coming out of the, uh, the, um, the turf sprint with a $75 double from glass slipper. So everything was pirates punch running well under, under Nick's go and then uh, war of will. And you can see him right now. He's on the outside. He's in red on the outside in fourth. And so I was worried a little bit about Jorge Vargas, who I love Vargas is an old parks guy. Um, but this is a pretty big Mount riding in his first breeders cup. 
uh, riding at Keeneland. And here, my horse is in a great spot at this point. I'm like, I think I'm looking great. I'm like, well, Nick's go is, you know, it looks great out there. And, and I'm sitting there in fork, but then he's working on the horse down the backside. And I'm like, well, so much for that. Uh, and yeah, they're right. going pretty fast, though. And, and, and I know. Go. I was a little nervous here because I was alive for 42,000 to Nick's go and 20,000 to complexity. And I didn't want my two chances ding-donging with each other and going 44 to the half. But right about here, Nixco starts to open up, and I took a deep breath. And I guess right about here, you started to realize, that realized Pirate, yeah. Pirate's punch was, uh, punch was going backwards. Yeah, he, this is tough. And then, you know, the other part of it was, I, you know, I, I planned on, you know, Nixco being one of the horses I focused on. I didn't have any cash on it. I had already been blown out of uh, – uh, you know, I, I would already been blown out in some, of some of my multis. And so I was like, you know, this horse is going to win at nine to five and I don't have a dime on it because I was trying to get too cute. And, um, you know, at this part, at this, after this race, I, I really, you know, decided to sort of back off. Let's, let's go back to the long run plan. But, um, you know, he ran huge and, uh, um, you know, he was coming out of that three other than at Keeneland. And, and I don't, can, I didn't consider that a negative. I, I think that, um, you know, Brad will will go in those easy spots, build a horse's confidence. We remember this horse is a super talented two-year-old, right? Uh, you know, ran really well in that juvenile, had gone sour for Ben Colbrook. They'd given a lot of time. They've been very patient with, and that horse always had talent, always has always has had this big race in it. Right. And, um, and he uh, likes Keeneland, too. You know, he ran yeah. right with Keeneland. You know, obviously people are, are, will, will – will, uh, we'll talk about the the big improvement, but it seemed like a horse that always felt like he had some talent, and not not to knock Ben Colbrook either, but um, it's not like Brad Cox, you know, didn't die, you know win what five races this weekend, four races. I mean, it, he's all over the place. So, um, I, this was the point where I then had to start betting minimums. I just had to get, I, I had to bet every minimum. I had to bet every race the rest of the way, at least $600, which actually comes into play when I was making my all in double play. I remembered that I needed to save $600 about the classic or I would have, <laughs> I would have got, would have lost 10,000 points. Um, did you do anything in these next couple of races? Uh, and while you're looking at, at your stuff, what I did in, in this race in the seventh, if I'm not mistaken, is I think I bet doubles with uh, Mean Mary, Rushing Fall. And sister Charlie, I think, you know, just like six hundred dollars worth of like weighted doubles. Um, and I, I missed this leg. So that was six hundred dollars down the drain. So I had I guess I did realize in looking over my picks, I had a pretty big double from Nick's go to to Terabellum. Terabellum was uh um, you know, again, European horse. My my contact, Pat Cummings, uh, you know, with his European contacts they really liked. And so you know, I made a big double from uh, from Nick's uh, Nick's go into to Terabellum, and so I did end up betting um, uh, Terabellum under Rushing Fall in Exactas. I actually don't, you know, I was looking over my bets. I don't remember making these bets, but I guess at this point, you know, I was still, you know, I still had twenty grand, so I was, you know, I was taking some shots here. And so uh, again, I was live to big double to Terabellum, and uh, I made some Exactas behind Rushing Fall as a saver. And um, it was at this point, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't even remember the horse's name that won, but at this point, it's really after this race, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting on my hands now, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but this this horse winning, it, it, it shaved down my pick six uh, to a, you know, to a very small amount, a uh, small number of, uh, of legs alive, and then it just, it sawed off all my other multis. 
And then on to the sprint, I didn't have a strong opinion there. I guess the strongest opinion I have is that if Whitmore would have, I mean, if uh, Vacoma would have been in the race, he would have won by three. That's my strongest opinion. Um, I, I played doubles with CZ Rocket and Forenze Fire uh, and, and missed missed here as well, just well, for the minimum. I, I, was, I was interested in the Alpine, but I just, you know, I, I just soured on him more and more. I, I, you know, he would have to get loose on the lead on a fairly slow pace. And, and there was, I didn't see much speed. And I thought the result of that was there'd be a lot of speed and that, that horses would go. So I ended up playing, and I didn't even use a minimum here. I just ended up playing a little bit on um, a couple hundred dollars on Hog Creek Hustle, just thinking that if the race collapsed, uh, you know, he might make a big run and it would be a, a, a extraordinary price. Um, but I, I really, I, I had no clue on this race. I'm absolutely thrilled for Ron Moquette and Whitmore. I've always loved Whitmore. Um, you know, I loved him this winter at Oaklawn, and I just, I just got off the train too soon. I, I bet him back multiple times, but after his last race at Keeneland, I was done with him. And it, it this turned out to be very costly because it just, you know, it really eliminated the pick six um, for us, and and um, and in part, uh, you know, because the next race went so wacky, uh, you know, it knocked us totally out of the pick six for uh, a sequence where we basically went single, single, single the last three races. So, so that was that was frustrating. But again, I, 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 if there was a horse I was rooting for, it was Ron and uh, uh, it was uh, Whitmore. I did uh, when he crossed the wire at 17 to one. It was it's him at 17 to one and fire at will at 30 to one. Right when they crossed the wire, you had this sort of sinking feeling. Like you know, you really, we really let these horses go. We really let that Maker Juvenile go off at thirty to one. If, if Kendrick, if Kendrick wouldn't have been on fire to will, fire at will, you wouldn't have let that one slip away. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, so you know, that made it hard. But uh, um, you know, I didn't have very much money on it. What about in the mile? I, 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 I'm assuming I know you well enough to know that you did not do anything crazy here. It's a turf nope. race, and I know that we we both like to lean a little bit harder on the dirt. Um, anything here? I, I think I bet doubles with uh, Siskin, Digital Age, and Uni uh, out and, and missed here as well. I bet a minimum. Uh, I, I bet a six hundred dollars show bet. I don't even remember who I bet. They're probably still running. I, um, <laughs> I, you know, after and this is gonna sound crazy. After the, um, you know, as we is after the dirt mile, I really thought about like, you know, going for a walk or doing something else because the Philly mare turf, the sprint, and this mile. I had no opinion on the mile. I've, I, I've. I barely even watched the mile. I, I looked up in order of Australia was winning. I'm like, well, there's no. I would have never had this these horses. I think I had a little. I had a little bit. Uh, if if I look looking back on it, a little bit on Lopi E Fernandez because uh, Pete had mentioned him. I had a little double from him into Montemore Girl and, and a double from I don't even remember the, the six horse, whoever that is. Probably uh, Safe Voyage. Yeah. Safe so voyage. I had, yeah. So those the two year those two euros. Uh, uh, I had a little double in the Montemore Girl, but I didn't want to. I didn't at this point, my bankroll was down and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to screw it up. I wanted to, you know, I knew I was going all in a Montemore girl. I was just like, let's, let's, let's get to that race and put us in that so, spot. So let's reset then before we get to obviously the, one of the biggest, well, the, probably the biggest race for both of us. Um, how much I had $40,095, something like that, 40 and change, 41 and change after I had made all those minimums after getting to 42,000. Um, how much did you have? How much did you go all in on? I had eighteen one sixty five on one ticket. I had about uh, three grand on the other ticket, and with the second ticket, I used Montemoy Girl over um, over um, uh, over Point of Honor. 
Okay. So, um, and so I tried to get point of honor in, in second or third. So focused on big exactas and tries. And then this 18165, I went all in a modern world girl. Did you, now we've talked about this before, Marshall, and I, I obviously on the Breeders' Cup, it doesn't probably matter. Were you strategic about the time in which you bet that 18,000? Did you break it up or did you just pop it all in at once? With the wind pool, I popped it all in at once. Um, uh, you know, I was surprised because usually, you know, that your ADW might not take more than $500 at a time. And I thought I'd be clicking, but it, it took, I took the 18,165 exactly. I went in. I didn't worry about it. Um, I figured, you know, I figured uh, it, it wasn't going to matter. The other thing that, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about as we get to the classic is I didn't want to get shut out. Right. And so I wasn't going to sort of sit around the last minute. I figured that if I got four to five, I was going to take four to five. If I got three yeah. to five, I was going to take three to five. I didn't, you know, I, 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 I'm price sensitive. I don't want to say I'm not, but she projected to even money projected 1.1. I figured I would get at least four to five. Uh, you know, I knew there, there's going to be some Swiss Scott ever buzz. Look, I had planned to go all in on Monomore Girl this summer. So when Midnight Loot went out, uh, Midnight Loot, when Midnight Bisu went out of the race, I was disappointed, right? Because I was like, well, this is going to hurt my price when I go all in on Monomore Girl. So this had been this had been months in the making. Um, she was training great. I mean, they, they, they weren't Brad's. Brad is so emotional and so, you know, such a vested interest in this horse. They weren't going to lead her over here to lose. I, uh, I did something funny. I, I, uh, <laughs> I went over to where Saul Kuman was and I said, uh, I told Saul what I was going to do. Cause I just wanted to look at him in the eye and see if he looked at me like really, or geez, he, but he got excited and some of the other partners got excited. Then I went down to the paddock and I found Liz and I went, I went up to Liz Crow who bought Monomoy girl. And I said, you know, and she's obviously very special to her. And Liz looked like a ball of emotion. She was very nervous. And I said, Liz, I'm going to bet 40000 on the big girl. And she, her eyes lit up like, you know, go do it. And then I went back upstairs. I went and opened the ADW and just hit 5000 a couple of times and, and, until I got down towards the bottom. And then I did bet $1,700 on CeCe, uh, who went off at 14 to 1. And the reason I did that is because CeCe's a horse I've always liked a horse that I, I remember Michael McCarthy saying she wanted a tighter Kentucky racetrack. She wasn't going to love what, when she went back out to California after the, uh, the apple blossom. And it, I wanted to have something left. I had gotten a 42. I wanted to have something left that that 1700 to win on Monomoy girl was not changing my life. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead and used some of it on CC, but uh, as you'll see here, uh, I didn't need that Monomoy girl with a, with a, I was was you nervous about the trip? Yeah, um, but I figured she'd have so much fight in her, it wouldn't matter. And I was, you know, watching uh, and trying to cheer on Point of Honor. I, I tell you what, um, you know, she, they were, she wasn't going to let them get her. She has a lot of fight, but the Hall- Valiant's ran really, really well and was wider than her. Um, and so I, I was never nervous. I thought, you know, especially when Swiss Scott ever got up poorly and she was stalking wide, I thought she was going to get the perfect trip. You know, the the rail having been good Friday made me nervous, but um, – you know, it didn't, it seemed to be a little bit more neutral on Saturday. And, um, and so, you know, when she got the lead at this point, I knew she was just too tough for the, to too tough to let them pass her. And, uh, you know, I'd already accepted the fact that, that if she lost, I was going to be out. And so uh, um, I was just, I was, you know, I was pleased. I stuck with my plan here, whether she won or whether she lost. Right. right. Um, I, I, you know, I think it was the, you know, the I stuck with my plan. It was the right bet. It was, it was my bet. I was making this bet in July. Right. And that's the, that's the great thing about the Breeders' Cup betting challenge is that 
you know, if Marshall and I would have done what we did here on a Saturday at Santa Anita, you know, or, or anywhere at Gulfstream, it, it, it's even at Saratoga, uh, the horse would drop down to two to five, one to five, you know, and, and so there's so much money in the pool. Oh, yeah. It's why this is my favorite contest. You don't have to think about that. You don't have to think about, oh, I wonder what I'm going to if I'm going to change the price. You know, uh, we put the money, you know, I bet when it was four to five, I bet 40,000 was four to five. And when they broke from the gate, I went up which is it's, it's the beauty of this contest and why I like it so much, uh, so much more than, than any other contest that's available to us as horse players. Well, it's also such a great race day, right? Because you can, you can basically, you're getting great prices. Like you're saying, you get 14 to one on CC. Um, if you liked, I mean, if you like Swiss skydiver, that was five to two, or, you know, you were getting great prices. And so you get great price. And that, look, we're both chop players. And you're getting great prices on chalk this whole weekend, nine to five on Nick's go. And so, uh, um, you know, I, I, I do, I put so much in a monobar girl. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bet her with cash, which is, was a mistake I should have. And I didn't, um, you know, I, I was out of the pick six because of order of Australia. Um, I was out of five of six as well. And I didn't circle back on a, you know, a pick three or anything. So my, my cash wagering kind of went to hell today because you get so wrapped up in the contest. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, doubled 18, 165 to six, uh, 36, 330. And this is, again, a, a, you know, I, I was making this bet in July. Um, so now this is where we went different paths. This mm-hmm. is where um, this is a strategy that I tried back uh, when Accelerate won. I was alive for four horses probably to win three or four horses to probably win, you know, don't know what everyone else had, but probably to win, you know, McKinsey and, 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 uh, I'm pretty certain he would have won. Um, right. I think so too. I, I think so, but it didn't work out there. And, and part of my strategy with that is, um, is not that year, but I wanted to, I wanted to try to, to pop enable that year with this year. What I wanted to do is I had that 78,000, and I wanted to try to protect as much of that as I could in a safe way, but also giving myself opportunities if I was right to be able to win. But I didn't want it to be an all or nothing situation. So what I did, and people have asked, why didn't you just bet the 78000 on Tarnawa? And, and the reason I didn't is because I had a lot of coverage. I had two, three, nine, and 10. So I had I had uh, Magical, Tarnawa, Channel Maker, and Mogul into four horses in the classic which were um tis the law tom's the improbable and authentic and and i put a little chart together because i wanted just to explain a couple of these the lowest possible payout and the worst combination for that for me uh would have been twenty one thousand dollars so if i'm if it comes magical and tis the law which is not an opinion i would have wagered any large amount of money on I make $1,900 on the weekend. I go home and I'm not wanting to jump off a cliff. Um, now, some people might say, well, what if you, that money I could have used to, to hit the exacta that would have beat you. That's hindsight, but so I, we don't know that. But um, I want to go over a couple of places based on the final, what the final score was, if some things would have changed. And I know that they could have changed some things, but if it would have came to four, which would have been magical and, and Tom's the I would have got eighth. That would have took me to sixty thousand dollars. If it would have come two eight, I would have got seventh. If it would have come three two, fifth, uh, three eight first, three four or three eight, I would have won two fifty three mm-hmm. or two ninety three. Um, and even though you bet in, uh, improbable, if I would have if improbable would have won, my doubles would have yep. been 
it's better would have been bigger. Um, there's some nine fours. There, I mean, uh, nine four, nine eight would have put me in the top ten, which is Channel Maker with Tom's Zeta. Um, and then even uh, ten two, ten four, ten eight, and ten nine theoretically put me in the top ten too. Forty nine thousand, one hundred and seven thousand, one hundred and fifty four thousand, sixty six thousand. So, yes. I woke up the next day thinking, damn, if I would have just bet 400 more dollars on that, on that double, if I wouldn't have been, you know, I didn't really like magical that much. It was more of a fearful play. If I would have just not used magical at all, but you know, like you said, it's hindsight. So um, that, that's kind of my play explained. Now, did you do anything in this race? So um, I, I did $600 to show on Tanawa, on, on, on Tanawa. Um, you know, like I said, I was, you know, I was, I was camping out all summer to bet Monomoy Girl. I was also camping out all summer to bet um, Zulu Alpha. So I could not wait to bet Zulu Alpha. And I was really excited about Zulu Alpha when he finished second to Arklo at Kentucky Downs. And then he got hurt. So I don't know that I would have played Zulu Alpha the win because I was worried about the Euros. But I, I felt I felt he was the best American and, uh, and, and thought I was going to get double digits when he went down to Arklo. So... You know, this race, I, 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 I um, like Tarnawa uh, quite a bit, or I didn't like him. The, my, my contacts liked him quite a bit. That's um, an important part I want to say, too, is for me, is this was not a, you know, Jonathan watched these races all year opinion on Tarnawa. I thought she was the most likely winner. I pressed her up in all my situations, but I talked to Pat Cummings, who liked her a lot. I talked to, uh, uh, to Sean, who did some figure stuff. Um, I talked to the Matisse brothers who did some visual stuff and I talked to, uh, to Nick Luck who liked Tarnawa. So the idea that I'm about $78,000 on what six other people think and, and, and just ride it out on that. That's another reason why I, I kind of a, a, approached this race the same way I did is this was another, this is someone else's opinion, not mine. Yeah. Look, but they were, I mean, those are all excellent handicaps and those people did the homework and um, you know, I didn't, I, I couldn't even tell you what races Tarnawa ran in this year, whether they were in France or in England. But I know that when Pat felt very strongly about the horse and I got confirmed by listening to Nick Luck and Sean, um, that this is the horse I was going to use. Now, I would have liked to have been in a better position to be able to, you know, use Tarnawa a little bit more. But I wanted all the money I could for my exactness. So if I had 50, 60, 70, I might have played him a little bit more, but you know, look, I got I bet six hundred the show, I got uh, twelve hundred back, and um, uh, you know, it's uh, um, she showed an incredible turn of foot. I mean, they go in oh, a mile and a half. I uh, know, it's really breathtaking, and uh, you know, you're watching it here, and they're going slow, and I'm like, you know, are they going to let Channel Maker, who, you know, you know, kind of a, a you know, it's had a very nice year, but, you know, I would have thought would have been a B teamer last year. Um, and, uh, um, you know, at this point, I, I, I thought he looked really good. I'm um, just loping along there um, like his last couple races. Yeah, this is a situation where you look in the top right corner up there, you'll see the NBC logo. And then to the left of it, you'll see the, the fractions were, were being marked as slow. They were not going fast. And if you're new to, to racing and you happen to fall into this hour-long podcast with us two nerds talking about betting on horses and, and a circle <laughs> and all this math. Tarnawa, the three in the green silks, is at a really disadvantageous place trying to catch all of those horses that are, are seemingly meant to have more energy at this point because they didn't work too hard. I was nervous. I was nervous. At this point, I started to think, you know what? Channel Maker's going to get away. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away from this thing with like $20,000 and good run, you know? 
And then that changed right about here. Yeah, I don't think I even picked it up here, right? It was about here. Where I thought, okay, 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 okay. Now she's moving. And uh, <laughs> and then even magical. I mean, you know, I don't know what channel maker. I don't know what sort of happened there. But then they all just sort of, you know, scooped him up. But that was something else. I mean, that was you know, I, we you know we don't, you know, we don't see that often in in U.S. racing. After a mile and a half, the horses are able to explode like that. You know, and just you know, go past all those other other horses, um, you know, with that kind of nice short stretch, you know, turn of foot. Um, so it was impressive. And so, uh, um, but uh, you know, for me, it was like I cashed my show bet. So I was like, as long as she, finishes, you know, once she got going, I was like, okay, finish third, that'd be good, right? I think yeah. I bet 100 to win on her uh, again. Um, but uh, you know, mainly trying to get us to um, to the uh, to the big one. So this was the point. Uh, it's actually funny too. If you wouldn't hit that show bet, if you would not have made that show bet, would you have had enough money? Would you have still bet seventy five hundred on the exacta that you went on to hit? So that's hard to tell. So my exact, you know, my my key horse is still authentic. So I don't know. I, I was anything with authentic. I wanted to get to two hundred. So I would say yes. I might have taken a lower number on improbable and Tom. So, you know, with, with authentic, you know, with authentic, I wanted 200. Right. So, you know, I thought it would take 200 to win or to have a good shot at winning. Um, now, is that because you thought that if, is that because you thought when you said you wanted to get 200, is that because you thought if authentic win, what was going to win that other people were going to get to 180, 190, or did you just want to get to 200 with them? Well, no, I thought, I thought they would get, I mean, I thought, you know, there are people up there with 130, 140, you know, they put 10 grand on authentic and they're right there. Right. right. And I thought, or they do this exact, and I really thought, and you know, and we both have said this, I thought this is a four horse exacta race. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and authentic was the best price of those horses. And so it just t- took one of those people ahead of us betting 10, 15 grand to win on authentic um, or betting, you know, some version of the exacta I played. Right. To where you know they were going to get up to 170, 180, 190. I, I did not anticipate that they would not go to 130, 140. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't. And maybe they were on the wrong horse. I just, you know, I, I think after, you know, I don't. I was. What were you in? You were in third place at this point, right? I think so. Yeah, I think I was in third. Yeah, 78. I, yeah, I think I was in third. Maybe I just, fourth. I just, no, third, third, third. I just thought there were going to be some big you know, even a, like a 30 or $40,000 all uh, win bet. Now I know that, um, uh, uh, um, what is it? Dave Portnoy uh, was going to bet, um, was going to bet authentic and ended up getting talked off and, and went all in on improbable. Now we would have still beaten him, but he would have jumped up, up to 140. Right. Yeah. So um, the thing is, I assume there would be other people like that. You have right. 40, 50 grand, you go all in on authentic, um, which I think is one of the reasonable four horses to have. So I, I felt strongly i had to get to 200 to have a chance to win and i actually and we'll we, you know we talk about this after the race i thought i'd lost when the number came back 170 and i was sort of sick to my stomach because i knew i'd had the day of my life but I, you know i wanted to win yeah so let's let's talk about that 30 minutes because it was different i think for both of us you were you were working and i was n- nervously excited because i i couldn't do anything at that point my it was over um one of the things i did was i called the tournament director before Tarnawa because I didn't want to mess it up. And I asked for permission to bet my win bet in the final because I was going all in. And the adrenaline of betting $78,000, I just didn't want to have to remember 
to save 600 to bet the whatever. And mm-hmm. so the reason that rule is even there so that people aren't hiding money from a leaderboard standpoint. And so um, I had gotten permission to do that. Uh, other people had gotten permission to bet early because they had to leave or had to go to a baseball game mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's not any funny business. So I went ahead and bet my 600. So I didn't have to worry about that. And I bet it on, I actually bet it on improbable. Once they cross the wire for Tarnawa, the fun thing to do in these situations is to go to your Excel sheet and, and do the math on what you're alive for. <laughs> If the two wins, it's this. And so I was alive to just to remind everyone, I was alive to, to tis the law for 124,000 Tom's the top for 235 um, improbable for 293 and authentic for 161. So in that moment, I started thinking, okay, well, no one jumped up in that race. So three of those horses will get me the win. And then I started thinking, okay, I'm going to, uh, who can I call and like tell and talk to about it? And, and uh, I said this on the podcast yesterday, the first person that popped in my mind uh, was my dad. And uh, if you weren't familiar, my, my dad is the one who introduced me to this game. And, and uh, he recently passed a, a couple of weeks ago on October 17th. And, and he's that person I would have called to say, dad, we're alive to whatever. And he would have been fired up and he would have asked me over and over again. Well, no, hold on. What now dad, two, four, eight, and nine. Okay, so hold on. So what? And so that would have been a fun little deal. So once I didn't do that, I thought, well, let me call a couple of friends that I that I know. There's only so many people that you know that are that understand the the struggle. And I called Marshall, and I I'm you know I'm so excited. I'm like Marshall, I'm alive to. He he goes stop. Whoa whoa, Jonathan, stop stop stop. I'm about to try to beat you. Don't tell me who you have. And you uh, he what? cut me off. So. Yeah, I didn't want you to, you know, you start telling me these numbers. Well, that, you know, that starts getting in my head. I start shooting for, you know, I start know what to know what to shoot for. Um, I got to say, even with 36 grand, I, I was at the point where I got to play what I wanted to play. So I thought I could win it, right? I really, I really felt very confident in my play. And so, um, but it is funny, you call it, because usually, you know, often you, we, we talk about like some of the doubles you play and you'll even call before. Right. Uh, uh, you know, and, and talk about how to get the best, you know, how to how to make it line up. Um, right. So um, I actually I, I should give a shout out. I, I used a, a, a nice tool, an Excel tool that that our friend Eric Violet created. Um, and it's a way uh, it's a it's a way that you can kind of uh, you can kind of put some odds towards horses to value. You can kind of value your opinion um, and, and it will shoot out to you what the dollars amount are when people look at my plays. They're going to think it's weird because I hit a five thousand four hundred and forty dollar uh, double. I was alive to improbable for a twenty one thousand seven hundred and sixty dollar double. I just did what the what, once I put in what I wanted and I weighed it the way that I wanted it to be weighed. Um, that's what it came out. And instead of trying to round up and all that nonsense, I just played what it told me to do. So you're right. I would have normally called you before and, and asked you for uh, for for some help but you had you had threatened me in a text earlier that you were coming for me so i didn't want to do that oh that head full of steam so like i was you know i did sort of i imagine my the thing i have it works very similar to what eric had um i was you know but i was also taking the excel uh, from the exact problems putting them to excel seeing what my numbers were you know i was making it so if authentic um uh, ran in the so I, i boxed four horses right i boxed or three horses. I boxed authentic, improbable, and Tom Zeta. If authentic finished one, two, so authentic over Tom Zeta and improbable, or authentic under Tom Zeta or improbable, um, I was shooting for 200. If Tom and improbable, if that was the exact box, I was going to get 80. And so I arranged the ticket 
basically around those numbers. I, I tried to initially make it, you know, I knew that the um, that the exactor was going to drop in part because of my bet, in part because of other bets. And so I had, you know, actually, you know, initially shot at about 220, figuring the numbers would come down. And so, um, and so I made my bets with about eight minutes to post. I saw the numbers start to drop, obviously because of my bet, but then other bets coming in. And so I knew that, especially to improbable, that my numbers were going to be below 200. And I could, you know, I thought about with about three minutes to post canceling and then putting them back in. But, um, you That's know. nerve wracking. I've been there before where you want to try to correct it, but the, the, the odds that they're just canceling and then having to do it again, it's just very nerve wracking. No, and the other part of that is I've, I've had, you know, like, you know, this could be the one time my power goes out, my internet goes out, uh, you know, on Derby Day, I've canceled super effective bets and then not been able to put them in because of the tote. And so I just didn't want anything to go wrong. I'm like, you know, look, it's a lot of money. Uh, I'll, I'll go with it. So here's what I was alive to. You'd mentioned what you were alive to in the doubles. Um, uh, Tom over improbable would have been 93,500. Improbable over Tom would have been 86,828. Um, improbable over authentic would have been 160,600. So that really came in. Um, well, 160,600. Oh, that's funny because I got like 161. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so that was improbable over authentic. You would have won, though. You yeah, yeah. Won. Um, Tom over authentic would have been 197,600. And all those, you know, both those I'm second because you have Tom, right? Um, and I figure if it's Tom and improbable, I, you know, I hit finish fifth. So, um, and then authentic over improbable was 170, 250. That's what paid. And then authentic over Tom was 223, 820. Um, you know, obviously wasn't as balanced as, as I could want it to be. I was only betting, I ended up betting about a half a percent of the exacta pool. When you bet, you bet 5% of the total doubles pool, right? So, you know, which, you know, I, I do think that these things that they get, arbitraged away so but it is it is it is interesting to think that you know i i think i tweeted the other day is that the the double paid 59 dollars, and if it paid 62 dollars, you win and so it's a small difference you know our the difference in our finish is nine thousand dollars which is which looks like a lot because it's more than one entry right, right. but it's really just a couple dollars in that double that's right. that's sort of the difference there and so it was a very small difference and, and especially you know, even with these bigger pools, um, it can make a difference on a, on a small, even there's not another day outside of Derby day where you could have done what you did and not, not, um, not really right. Hurt yourself. Right. Yeah. And so, right. And that's, and the other thing is, is, is because you're putting money on losing combinations as well. I mean, cause you, you make 16 bets. One of them is going to win. Or one of them could win 15 will lose. So that's mm-hmm. money that's helping not mess up your, your price. Um, uh, and then, and then, you know, once the race was over, <laughs> uh, I I was excited because I knew I got to 161. I knew that technically I was first on the leaderboard if no one else hit. So there's that's a nice thing to know. And and uh, I I'm, I'm like, well, you know, re, you know, we're all hitting refresh <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> it was we're probably it froze right. The leaderboard disappeared for a while. So, so then I called Marshall and I said, did you hit? And you said, yes, I got to 171. And then I felt a little deflated or 170, a little deflated because I knew for sure I was second, which is fine. I was happy for you. And obviously we'll talk about that later too as well. And, and, uh, but then just like you, I started worrying, well, we could, we could definitely get fourth or fifth here. 
we don't have to be first and second. It could be fourth and fifth. It could be sixth and seventh. I mean, I have no idea what anyone else hit. So we're hitting refresh. We're hitting refresh. Finally, I remembered that, that, uh, oh, we haven't watched the classic yet. Yeah. I guess we should watch it <laughs> while we're watching it. I remembered that Tim Schramm, the tournament director, they had all set up shop upstairs. And I realized that that was the answer to the test. <laughs> so we go up there, we get all of our stuff, we go up there and I'm sitting there and they're all like in front of us, you know, Jim Goodman. And they're all in front of a screen, like, you know, making sure that we all bet our minimums and all that stuff. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And Tim turns around and he goes, he gave me the thumbs up. And I was like, did I win? <laughs> and he's like, no, no second. And I was like, Marshall won. He's like, Marshall won. And I was like, oh, that I called you and told you. And, uh, and then that was a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure that that was, uh, you and I were the first ones to know. No, that was, I mean, that was, that was huge. I had, I had walked downstairs to tell my, you know, I hadn't told my wife and I told him, you know, I told him, Hey, I'm in seventh now, or Hey, I have 30 grand now, but I hadn't told him about my bed or where it was. And so I said, Hey, you know, Hey, I cash for 170, but I probably finished second or third. So it's, you know, I was sort of bummed out about it. Cause I, I really thought we'd get swept by, but, um, but no, that was an incredible feeling. And, you know, I tell you, when when Authentic cleared, I was just looking for my exacta because I thought he was going to win at this point, right? And uh, and I was like, you know, I was looking for Tom. You know, I was worried about some of the others, worried about Global Campaign. Uh, I thought Improbable was really wide. And so, uh, um, you know, I saw them come to him here. And then, then he gets out a little bit, right? Um, gets off the rail. And I had this fear that he was interfering with Global Campaign. And so I started to, to like worry about like the, the stewards. I'm like, yeah, um, you can just see it. I, I, I thought maximum security was coming for a second and a half right here. Yeah, me too. So I thought Max is coming up the rail, which I thought Max had no prayer. And he and, and authentic comes out here and then, um, you know, and then global campaign goes inside of him. I got worried about that. And then here I'm just cheering on improbable, right? Come on, improbable. Get to the, get to the you know, you and I both. <laughs> trying to figure out who's that coming, you know, who's that coming from uh, behind. And, uh, um, but you know, for authentic, once they let him clear, I, I, I felt really, really good about, you know, the top part of the exacta and, and or even the top, I felt really good about him finishing the top two. And, um, and so, it, it, you know, at that point it was just, you know, focus on one thing. It's hard, you know, you're betting, you know, if you're betting exactors or tries, you're trying to, you know, watch these races and, and figure out where your horse is and, it, you know, if the right horses are with it, uh, um, uh, a Ford, but this one was easy to watch because I had the horse on the lead and I had one of the closures and one of the stalkers. And so it, uh, it, uh, it worked out well. It was a great feeling to hit. And then, um, you know, the anxious 10 minutes, just not knowing because, um, you know, like, you, you know, we're both competitive. We, we both want to win. We both want to put this up on our mantle. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we don't get many chances to, um, you know, to, 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 to win something that's meant some that means something among our peers, right? You could hit a big pick six, but that's more of a private thing, right? Um, uh, that's more of something you share with your you, the people you hit it with, or or that you you know you certainly feel in your bank account. But but to win something like this is something that's uh, I'm I'm going to put it on my CV. It's gonna you know it, it'll be on my you know faculty accomplishments for the year. I'm going to put 2020 20, BCBC because I do think from a credibility standpoint. Now you've already won the tour and uh, or a big media personality but for me um from a credibility standpoint i talk about you know i'm a horse player first um you know everything else second and i think this this for me is just a real a real mark uh, um of uh you know that, that that hey this you know i'm a horse player a legit horse player so it was you know it was it was, it was great and obviously look um 
the cash the, the cash is good too and 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 uh, um and uh, even if i'd finished second or third if, if we'd been swept by I, i'm sure i would you know be waking up today just thrilled right but at the time i really wanted to win no of course and i've long said this before uh, i think there's a lot of people in this industry that have a lot to offer uh, that are in positions and sitting on boards and things of, of and, you know, uh, that are CEOs of different situations and running racetracks. But I, I think that, you know, uh, and you brought yourself to, to at least an equal standpoint, I think with this other person is, is you and Paul Matisse uniquely have uh, accomplished high levels as owners, as breeders. And then also, uh, like you said, have been solidified as horse players and winning these championship events when you winning the BCBC and then, um paul obviously obviously winning the the nhc i think it just it gives you perspective that i think is really important to be brought to the table where you understand you understand the horseman's plight you understand why they are holding on to take out you understand why you get it you you have ideas maybe how they can not and maybe things that could be reworked but you also understand why takeout being lower is so important and there's not a lot of people that there's a lot of people that might understand that, but not a lot of people that are uniquely qualified to sit down at each table to discuss it. So uh, it's another great accomplishment for you as well in that regard. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a big honor to be mentioned the same sentence as, as, as Paul. And, um, um, you know, again, I just, you know, I think back to, you, know, you just start to think after the contest of, you know, sort of, you know, how I got into the game, reading Andy Byer and Steve Christ, um, you know, when I was in seventh grade, walking to the drugstore a mile away to buy a $2 racing form. And I had a big stack of racing forms that, uh, uh, that I would, you know, I'd, I'd look at and try to come up with uh, different strategies, uh, you know, reading uh, the buyer books the first time, sort of all the progression to, um, you know, all the things I've learned from handicapping, all the people I've met um, who made me better horse players. And, and a lot of this is a testament to them. I mean, I, you know, I'll be the first to admit is I didn't handicap the turf races. I mean, you know, I, I didn't handicap them more than five, 10 minutes. And so, you know, I, I, I leaned on my friends and, um, and, you know, there is a, a social aspect to this. And, uh, um, the one thing that these tournaments have also allowed us to do is to meet other people. And, um, uh, so even when we're not going to the track, even when we're at, you know, in this sort of, uh, pandemic to where, um, you know, we're playing alone, we aren't because, you know, I talked to Sean every day during the BCBC, I talked to Clay Sanders, um, you know, I texted with uh, uh, Nick Tamro and Jack Jenkins. And so, uh, um, you know, all these people that, that, that we know together um, are all people we've met as horse players. And so, um, you know, that's a, another thing that makes uh, that, that really makes these tournaments wonderful experiences. And I'm a much better horse player for it. And I think that, you know, I think about all the lessons I've learned in, in, in playing the horses. You know, you can only learn so much through reading books. But now that we have you know, now that I've gotten to know a lot of people and we have resources like, um, uh, you know, the podcasts y'all do and, uh, um, you know, what y'all do on Fox on Fox Sports is the, the learning curve is a lot less steep for a new player. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that, you know, watching the, you know, watching Fox Sports um, and, 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 and learning from in the money in the money media, um, you know, people learn quick. I mean, uh, you know, the players can get to, 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 to our level very quickly. Uh, you know, I like to think I have, you know, 20, 30 years of learning, but, uh, but, uh, a lot of these young guns that will be coming for us now, 
Um, yeah, you know. and, and I think I think an important part, and I know you probably get it a lot as, as well as I do, is is people asking those new people, how how do I get involved in this? How do I how do you do this? What do you? And I always tell them, look, I, I thought I started, I wasted ten years thinking it was about the horses that I picked, and it's not. It's it's so much less about that. I mean, like uh, you know, Mark Marshall and I had said, like I we've made large wagers and bet large uh, amounts on horses that we didn't even necessarily have strong opinions on. But it's about having an opinion and and formulating it in a better way betting. You know, you, you'll notice that there's no exact the boxes from, from Marshall and I in this situation. There's no win play shows in, in this situation. Uh, yes, Marshall bet show a couple times. I bet win on a four to five shot. But there's that's because of the strategy of the contest. So I've always encouraged players to become a better better. It's so much less about the picks. You can get a tip sheet and 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 read the daily racing form and and watch the the NBC or the Fox broadcast and get the picks that you need. You just have to become a better wagerer and and how to leverage that opinion to to help you um, help you make some money in this game. I, I I can't agree more. Right? It's really about you know it's one thing to have your opinions. It's another thing to map out a plan, right? Map, map out a plan to get you to the number that you want to get to. And, and I think that, that, you know, that's part of the game where there are no books about it. And, it, it, and a lot of it is about learning about yourself, um, you know, your risk tolerance, how you handle winning and losing. I think there's a lot of a mental, mental aspect to it, but there are a lot of other people who can do the handicapping for you. It's the figuring out how you want to bet this. Um, I know a lot of people who start out, um, you know, they try to score out. And this is very tempting in this contest, right? Is, is you know, heck, if I, if I you know, hit on a $7,500 exacta, then, you know, why am I trying to move the ball by betting to win? Or, you know, why, and, and, I, and I had moments in this tournament where instead of betting glass slipper, I was trying to score out with a big double. Instead of betting Nick's go, I was trying to hit a $40,000 exacta, right? And so, um, you know, there, there's still you know, there's still great challenges in it in trying to figure out the best approach to it. But, you know, it, you often have to take what they give you. And so I still am a big proponent in, you know, I, I love exactas, but I love the win pool. And so, you know, in, in cash, I made a lot of win bets. Um, you know, I had, I had some multi races that go my way, but I was very narrow in my construction. And, uh, and, and it's something that, that we don't talk about a lot, but, we're, but we are more, right? It's something that, you know, again, I pick up watching you know, I'm still learning, always learning and still picking up watching uh, again, watching you on uh, on um, on the Fox show. Now, I remember after your NHC score, I don't remember exactly how much you won, but within like 24 hours, you already kind of put it back in uh, in the game on, on a horse. Have, have you spent any of this money yet uh, back into the industry? Well, I've actually already spent the money. And so th this allowed me to get liquid. And so that's not totally true. So we have. Um, we're putting together our uh, um, uh, I own racehorses through Ten Strike Racing. If, if your if your if your listeners don't uh, um, know, and uh, we we are putting together our eighth syndicate, um, and uh, and so we bought our yearlings, and now we have to pay for them. And I tend to float the venture until we raise the money, and and our, we're gonna we're gonna raise the money very quickly. Our partners are very enthusiastic. Um, you know, it's it's uh, um, but. Uh, we're still working our, our prospectus until we, you know, put that out. We can't raise the money and uh, and the bills have come in. And uh, I got I got a little bit nervous that I was I was like, I don't want to have to start. Am I going to have to start slow paying people? Uh, am I, am I going to be able to pay, uh, you know, pay for these horses that we bought at Phasic Tipton? And it, you know, it turned out that this came at a real liquidity crunch for me. Um, the other part of it is 
Uh, I have had a lot of my trainers are very quick to congratulate me and then I've gotten more claim requests uh, in the past couple of weeks. So I'm very excited to be back in the action. Uh, it, 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 this money will get recycled through the industry. I, I don't think I'm going, I don't think uh, in the NHC, I, I won 50,000 and immediately claimed the $50,000 horse. I'm certainly not going to buy a half million, you know, the, with this, uh, not going to buy a half. I, I, I watched that night of stars on Sunday. It was not, I was, I was going to take the half million and, and, uh, and roll it right into a, uh, roll it right into a, you know, a, um, a racehorse. But um, look, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to continue to buy horses, to breed horses, to, to bet on horses. Um, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be pushed through the industry into good use. And, uh, um, you know, I, I never thought I'd be in a position to own racehorses and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great that that's happened. And so really, you know, when, when I get a big score, um, you know, I don't think about like, you know, am I going to, you know, what is, how is this, how is this going to, you know, am I going to, you know, how is this going to change my life? I think about it in terms of what's this is big bankroll that go to, goes towards racing. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't. And I mentioned this when we had uh, on JK plus one last time, I think is, is I, you know, I tend to try, I don't celebrate big scores just like I try not to wallow um, in self-pity when I have big losses. And so I think this would have been different if I were in, the one thing I really miss is if I was in Lexington, we would have um, had this big night on the town, but what did I do? I came down, told the kids I won, right. Uh, we had Greek takeout and I watched Ferris Bueller's day off with my kids. And so, and that was a great evening in and of itself. I didn't even, I didn't even pop open the whiskey that y'all sent me. I meant to do that when I had a big occasion and it was waiting there for, I was like, the next time I have a big score, I'm going to pop it open. And this would have been ideal. I forgot to even pop it open. And so, uh, so that was my evening. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just thinking, you know, thinking, you know, longer term, uh, um, you know, trying to trying for this not to change my behavior. Um, I know I will be very tempted when, when we go back to racing on Wednesday and Thursday at, at Churchill and at Aqueduct, I think I'm God's gift to the handicapping world and bet hard, but I came into this in a big losing streak. And so that this, this really helped. And it was basically moronic. I had a huge, uh, I had two horses in the empire distaff, um, uh, critical value and lucky move. And I, I bet, I bet an insane amount of money on critical value and lucky move one. And so, and so I had one of my worst days losing as a, as a, as a, as a horse player and my horse won the stake and paid 1040, which is, which is, a, you know, ridiculous underlay. So, um, or overlay. So, um, uh, so, um, anyway, it, this, uh, it, it was, it was a great day, a great score. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I'm proud to be, uh, uh, proud to be part of this, uh, winning Quinella proud to share it with you. No, no, it's, it's, look, I, I, I said it before. Um, there's about three people in the world that I'd, I'd be okay with running second to, and, and you're definitely one of them. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm excited for, uh, I think that we've had champions of certain events that uh, haven't really moved the needle for the horse player. Uh, and I think that uh, I'm excited. I think you're a champion of this event that will move the needle. I think horse players all over the place will, will be, they will, they will be better that you've won this event. And, and, uh, and I think that's cool and exciting and, and I'm glad. And I, I didn't get to hear you all on Steve Bick today, but um, I was, I was definitely uh, happy to catch the tail end of that and I'll, I'll listen back. So I encourage people to listen to, to Marshall on Steve Bick. Um, also listen to Marshall and I's old episode of JK plus one, where he talks a little bit more about his background and how he got to the game and, and, uh, and how he, how he led to this point. Um, 
uh, I'm trying to think if there's something else, but do you have anything else, Marshall, you wanted to, to get out there? No, I mean, again, it was an interesting tournament. I don't, you know, I don't, there have not been many scores over 100,000 in the history of the BCBC. And I don't know how many were there were total, were there five total this year? Yeah, there's a, I don't have it right in front of me, but there is a few. Yeah, I think there was five. Yeah, and so, um, you know, that w- many of those scores were won in previous years. Uh, your score was the third highest ever, and mine was the second highest ever. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I don't know what that means for future tournaments. But, um, I mean, um, but, they, you know, they, there were some big numbers this year. And uh, I meant what, to find out who, who uh, I, I've always taken pride in, in the – in the uh, the churn champion, I think I might have. I think I might have got you the churn champion. What what did you do? Do you know what you churned offhand? Because I churned seventy three. Well, I had to churn more well, than that. Because you, I... you had seventy three <laughs> of the of the, uh, of the yeah. So you have to churn more than one hundred seventy three. One hundred ten, one hundred twenty three, one hundred twenty five ish. Yeah, you did. Uh, no rebate though. Um, I'm pretty sure, given that there wasn't a lot of movement unless those people were just churning, churning, I don't think with a lot of movement um, below us, there was a lot, a lot of anyone right. who churned as much as you did. I mean, that's an insane, if you think about it, you know, you churn more than 10 times, no, more than eight times what you started with, right? That's a, that's a, that's a huge churn. So, and that's, it, again, it's, uh, um, uh, you know, that's, you know, throwing it all in, uh, uh, boost those churn numbers. There we go. So we'll um, yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations. We're, we're excited for you. Um, I know the, the horse playing community is, um, you deserve it. You've, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've, you've put in your time, that's for sure. And, and, have, and put in your churn as well as, as a player, as an individual. So it's always good to see that. And, uh, like I said, I'm excited to see you represent this event and, and us as horse players, uh, until next year's champion. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I will do my best to represent horse players. And uh, again, I enjoyed the great work that, that, that you do on Fox. And uh, uh, of course, all the stuff on In the, In the Money. Uh, I was a premium subscriber and uh, I listened to all the podcasts in preparation for the Breeders' Cup. And uh, um, um, they were a huge help. Awesome. Thanks, Marshall. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Well, I guess I got to wrap this thing up since we've, we're going to, we're going to make an audio version of this as well and a video. So, uh, I, I will, uh, I, I will say, I'm, I'm, thanks for joining us. Thanks for, for, for checking in with, with Marshall and I, and it was a lot of fun and, and we will, uh, Marshall's the first repeat JK plus one guest that I'm sure he'll be on again in the near future. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me. I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche with five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk. Gotta keep quiet, maneuver in science, then let them in talk up their body. Another one body, that's just how it go. I got some secrets, I'm shaking the